Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, mother lovers, and welcome back to Last Call at McLaren's, the best damn How I Met Your Mother podcast on the interwebs. That's right. I am Josh here with my brother, my best bud, John. How you doing, man? I'm doing excellent, man. It's been a couple weeks since we've gotten to record, so really happy that we're back. Yes, uh, I I, I came down with a pretty nasty cold last week, and uh, we weren't able to put out an episode, but we're back. we're We're really sorry, mother lovers, that, you know, we had to delay you for a week. True, Unlike, but, you know, fall break, which delays you like six weeks. That's also true. But we are back for the penultimate episode of season one. Uh, we're in on episode 21 titled Milk. Yes. Right. And don't confuse that with the movie, the, the movie Milk. That's true. Very Start different. Sean Penn. Yes, yes. Uh, ve- very different. You may pop that in being like, yes, I'm going to watch some How I Met Your Mother. And you'll be like, well, this ain't How I Met Your Mother. Great movie, though, but definitely not How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, it's been a while since I've watched it, but I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. Sean Penn was fantastic in that film. <clears throat> it's true. All right, so season one, episode twenty-one, Milk, originally aired on May eighth of two thousand and six, right after John's birthday. Oh yeah, yeah, buddy. Uh, directed, of course, by the great Pamela Fryman, and written. By series co-creators Carter Bays and Craig Thomas. The summary for this episode reads, Ted is forced to postpone a date with the perfect woman while Lily needs his help. Barney recruits Marshall for a vicious prank war. That's right. You know, what's really sad is that after the fact that this show is now officially over, we could change the synopsis. We could. Ted postpones date with mother of his children to I say mean, stupid ads. <laughs> I mean, it's never actually confirmed that it is her, but I go into a little bit of detail about that later on, so we'll definitely... No, I, I thought they that. did confirm it, because they talk no. about how... No, because there's some things that don't necessarily line up, but I'm still choosing to believe that it's her. Yeah. I can't wait to I hear get, it then. Yeah, again, I, I'll I'll dive into some stuff. I, I I went on a little bit of a deep dive uh, looking into this. I was on Reddit I and things like that. Deep dive. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll we'll get there. Uh, this episode sees the return of 
Love Solutions, which we saw earlier, yeah. as well as the return of Wendy the Waitress. We finally get to see her again. Uh, it's like her what, second, third, second or third episode um, uh, in, in this season so far. But uh, she comes back. And speaking of Wendy the Wait- Waitress, if you guys have not checked out the interview I did with uh, actress Charlene Amoya, who plays Wendy the Waitress, please go check that out. It is on the podcast feed as well as on the YouTube channel. So uh, go check that out. Absolutely. All right. All right. So let's jump into the episode. Future Ted starts things off telling his kids the story of when he turned 28. You know, that big milestone, the big 2-8, yeah. John. I was going to say, the big milestone. <laughs> Pretty yeah. sure I worked my 28th birthday. I, I mean, worked most of your birthdays, really. So it's probably true. It's true. Probably true. Uh, so we flash over to the bar. The gang is there. Party hats on. Ted has a crown on. And this is where we get Wendy the waitress. She comes over with uh, some birthday lasagna. Hell Which, yeah. I mean, I mean, shit, man. If somebody wants to make me a birthday lasagna, I'd be all for it. I will just put that, that out in. there. Yeah, I'll, I'm just, I'll, I'll I'm just saying. That, I'll, I'll put that into the, the somebody's bank. I, I, I love me some good lasagna. Uh, but, uh, you know, he warns... He is warned that the plate is quite hot. Quite hot. And, uh, quite hot. Uh, Ted can tell that Lily just, she wants to touch that plate. She wants to touch it so bad. And he's like, go ahead. She does and burns her finger. And this starts the episode's uh, like lesson, I guess you'd say, uh, of the whole sometimes you need to make mistakes in life thing. It's, it's, it's kind of like a running thing throughout the episode. And this is where it all all kind of starts off is with yeah. her making the mistake of touching the plate. Uh, Barney then gives Ted his birthday gift, the greatest pickup line of all time. I have to say, it's a pretty <laughs> solid pickup line, but the delivery is really dragged out that I feel like that girl would have walked away. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, I, I make note of this uh later on but i i really feel like this is one of the really the first plays that we get to see from i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't doubt that because this one's very elaborate yeah this is definitely i could see this being in the book i want to know if he was waiting for that girl to get up or if she just happened to be like the first one he came across yeah maybe i don't know that's because they don't really tell you if like because, like, you know, when he does the seven for seven, he calls it the one day. He's like, that yeah. girl. He doesn't yeah. really do that with this one. He just happens to get up, and he's, like, walking, and he's like, um, hey, you know, blah, 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 blah. Oh, my God, sit down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, but, uh, yeah, like you said, he walks up to this random girl to introduce himself, stops, calls uh, out for an ambulance, yeah. and then has her sit down, which I think is, like, we need an ambulance here. He's acting all panicked about it. Yells out for like a glass of water, to which Wendy, the waitress, brings over. You know, he's she pulls out like a little flashlight. He's checking her eyes with a flashlight, which I think is hilarious. And meanwhile, during all this, Robin, she's over here at the table doubting his pickup line. You know, and like I said, this is definitely a play in the playbook. I, I have oh, no absolutely. doubt. There's no doubt in my mind about it. Uh, and they're also while they're talking about the play, they're also talking about Ted turning 28. Yeah, and, you know, and like you said, yeah, because Lily makes there. Lily makes the comment that uh, it's only two years away, two away from the big three zero. 
Yeah. And this is then future Ted starts talking about his 30th uh, birthday and mentions the goat, which later on we find out isn't actually his 30th birthday. Uh, it's actually his 31st. 31st birthday. But the episode that is his 30th birthday is hilarious because we see stuff with the goat and then he realizes, wait, that wasn't my 30th birthday. So like they make us, they make we'll get there eventually, but they make us uh, wait a whole extra year to find out about that shit. I mean that's fine though because that's the way they do it is well delivered. Yeah, but I love that they set this whole thing up essentially three years in advance. You know what I mean? True, but I figure because like you see a couple things in this episode that kind of make me feel like they're setting up stuff in season two as well. Yeah. You get a pre pre slap bet slap off here with like oh. the whole universe conversation yeah, yeah, yeah and there's a point later on where barney well Reading that's in the next that, that's in the next episode that, that's in the oh next you're right episode. no that is the next episode yeah sorry yeah so what happens when i watch two episodes at the same time they kind of blend <laughs> into each other but yeah they do in general they actually do a fairly good job of setting up some cool stuff throughout all of season one that just kind of filters throughout the whole series. They which do. I like, which I, I, I love that they that they do that. They're they're pretty good about their continuity. Sometimes sometimes not so much, but some of their like long term continuity stuff is actually really good. They yeah, yeah yeah. Uh, so we we go back over to Barney, and some paramedics come into the bar, which is this I found really funny uh, because when as I was doing my research. I discovered that the two actors who played the paramedics are actually the series creators uh, and the writers of this episode, Carter Bays and Craig Thomas. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah, they, what, they played the those paramedics. I want to know about this entire thing is he screams for Wendy Waitress, Wendy the Waitress, to call 911. Mm-hmm. She legit calls 911 dispatch. But she doesn't. Because he says, you know, thank you to Wendy the Waitress. And she takes a bow. She was oh, in on the whole so thing. She's in on it. Yeah, Never yeah. Mind. She's yeah. She was in on on the whole I, thing. For some reason, I think I blanked on that because I'm like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Her and the and the two paramedics who aren't paramedics. Uh, well, I knew uh, the two paramedics were in on it. Yeah, but for some reason, I thought he was just thanking her for being such a good participant. Oh yeah, but Not and like, like and like that's how she had the water ready so fast when true. he called for the glass of water and everything. Yeah. Like they, she was ready for it all, uh. So Barney, uh, you know, he's he's like you know, like I said, he's freaking out, you know, quote unquote freaking out. Uh, he says that you know she may have some internal bleeding, maybe some fractures, and this girl is really confused. Uh, Barney says that she has had a terrible fall. She's like, no, I haven't. And Barney replies, "Do you remember what really? he says?" Yeah, he goes, "Really? Because uh, because I could have swore you fell from heaven." Angel, wing, Bing. <laughs> thing, Bing. and I love how like, and then he's like, everybody's kind of like, haha, and then he's like, I, and then he's like, give, give him, him your number. number, yep, and then everybody starts chiming in on that, and I thought that was that was great, that was great stuff. Well, I love how on the first one he's like, give him your number, what, what, give him your number, <laughs> and I love how like everybody starts joining in. And then yeah. he's like, they're not going to stop until you give me your number. And she's 
Okay. And she does, man. It fucking works. (laughs) I mean, hey, it worked. Yeah. And this is where he just reveals that it was all kind of essentially a ploy. Uh, You know, that Wendy the waitress and the paramedics uh, were in it, but the paramedics are actually actors from a local playhouse. And this is where we actually learn Wendy's name. We didn't know her name before this. No, yeah, that's true. She, she was just there. She was just a waitress before this. We didn't have. She didn't have a name. And he, you know, he says, you know, Wendy the waitress. We finally get her name. Uh, you know, twenty-one episodes later. Granted, she was only in like two episodes or whatever prior to that, I think. Uh, but we do finally get to get to hear her name at this point. Uh, so Ted says that he realizes why he's still single, and it's because. He's picky, John. He's picky. He is picky, though. Yeah. And he's not just going to settle for anything. He wants the perfect girl. He wants and, the perfect girl. And he describes... He credentials off of his checklist. Yeah, he describes this perfect girl as attractive, college-educated, wants two kids, a boy and a girl, boy and a girl, likes dogs, Otis Redding, does the crossword, is into sports, but not so much that her legs are more muscular than his, because that freaks him out. And she plays the bass guitar. So here's my question for you, because this is like the third time this has come up in the show. Now, do me a favor, just so I know you're not cheating on me. Hands up in the frame for me. Name one song Otis Redding is famous for. No idea. Shout. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had no idea. Besides that, I can't think of any other song that Otis Redding has ever done where I'm like, oh, man, man, I got to be this big Otis Redding fan. <laughs> now, I'm not even 100% sure he did shout, but I know he's at least performed shout. Hmm. And I know, like, yeah. yeah. I'll be honest. They said Otis Redding. I'm like, I honestly have no idea who that is. And I'm I okay mean, with that. I'd thought about Googling him and then bring pulling up his CD and like seeing what was on that second disc yeah. that was so important. But I'm like, no, yeah. I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. But if you guys want to check out the second disc on uh, Otis <laughs> Redding, you go right ahead. And uh, hey, how about this? Tweet us out like a review. Let us know what I mean, you think of uh, of Otis Redding. You can, if you know any other Otis Redding songs that might be good songs, maybe I should check out. I mean, let me know. Yeah. Absolutely. Just uh, give us give us the deets on the on the Otis. Do we get in trouble if we sing on the podcast? <laughs> no, we don't. Okay. Yeah, you can sing to your heart's content, my, my you friend. You know, you make me want to shout through my hand. I mean, you're a Bills fan. You know that song. It's true. I do. Didn't know. Uh, they had no idea who sang it. So that's all. That's all there is <laughs> to it. But uh, he says he's gonna let that girl find him. He's done. Planning the unplannable, John. He's done with that. But wait, because that is not how it happens. That's what kind true. of is? It is kind of how it happens. Because little does Ted Mosby know, but that is at this exact moment, just across the city, a computer. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> little does Ted Mosby know, that far away in a distant time, a computer doing its job. Has found Ted Mosby, the perfect woman. Da, da, da. Da, da, da. Apparently, I was looking on the on the the fandom wiki page. It sa- it claims 
that so you know how when it flashes over to the computer, it's there's like a bunch of pictures of guys, yeah, and yeah. it's going through, and then it lands on Ted, and it says match. They claim that one of those guys in the montage is Sandy Rivers, and I watched it like four times. Like I kept rewinding it, and I'm like, I do not, and, and it goes by kind of fast, but I'm like, I did not spot Sandy Rivers at all in that I thing. So I don't know either. I, I think they may have just been seeing shit, but if any of you have seen Sandy Rivers in uh, in in that little montage, let me know. Uh, I was gonna say you might want to rephrase that because if you're gonna say has anybody <laughs> seen Sandy Rivers, we're gonna get a lot of tweets. You know that's okay if you've ever seen Sandy Rivers, send us a tweet. <laughs> Doesn't matter; could be in real life. Have you ever had a picture with him? Oh my god! If you've ever met him in real life, tweet pictures with him because that would be amazing. Yes, at last like, call. Let, let me rephrase that. If you've ever gotten your picture with anybody from How I Met Your Mother, tweet him at us. I would love to put a montage up on Twitter of the well, Josh will do a montage on Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. I think that'd be fun. That would be amazing to see. Yeah. All right. So uh, back at the apartment, Lily has made pancakes. Pancakes. Uh, Ted decides he's going to take that plate of pancakes. He's going to go over to Marshall's room. Opens up that door, wafts it in there a little bit. And Marshall just comes, he beelines it out there, which I, I think is hilarious. Uh, I, I don't know why that scene makes me laugh so much. Well, I think it's just the way he... Apparently there's something super magical about Lily's pancakes because yeah. like, they make reference a few times. Like, There's a scene, I believe it's in season two after she first comes back. She makes pancakes and bacon strip. For yes, pa- pancake and bacon strip. Yep. But I don't remember if that's after they've gotten back together or no. It's because they're not together yet because she's she's messing with him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's before they've gotten. Remember, because like he takes the he takes the legs off his pants and shows off his calves. He's like they're trying to get to one another at this. At I that mean, point. hey, he's got some amazing calves. Yeah, it's true. It's and true. I would just like to point out. That Jason or uh, Jason Siegel is such a brave man that he has shown his penis in a movie. That's true. Get him to the or not get him to the Greek. Uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yep, bears it all. Which I still find funny because uh, his name is Marshall in the show. I'm just saying <laughs> it all links together, people. It all links together somehow. Uh, so, like I said, Marshall beelines it out of the room because uh, Marshall's all about food, man. Especially in this first season, like all about food, whether it's pineapples, cake, <laughs> you know, pa- pancakes, it do- doesn't matter. He's all about the food. I was going to say, he's definitely an eater in the first season. Oh, yeah, man. I don't know. I- I'm curious to keep track as to whether or not that keeps happening. But that first season, he's, he's so much about the food. Well, it's funny because for the first couple seasons, <clears throat> I know at least season two, they do a decent amount of him eating too. Yeah. But then I think it's like either the third or the fourth season, he goes through that stretch where like he's always working out and trying to be athletic because he thought he was like putting weight on. Yeah. And I'm like, huh. I'm like, well, I mean, if Jason Siegel wasn't constantly carrying food in his face. That's true, man. And enjoying the fuck out of it. So very much. I mean, I can't really argue. I'm... <laughs> uh, Marshall makes a comment that he should, uh, cover lily in syrup and gobble her up and ted's like please don't yeah no yeah because i i I made a note here i was like uh, and quietly from the kitchen you hear ted say don't do that and i cracked up 
when I heard because like it's so like toned down like because it, it, it's it's just in the background. Oh yeah, you know, and he's just like, "Don't do that." It's hilarious how the way they pulled that off. I I don't know why I literally had to pause it because I was laughing so hard. I mean, you and I time. have had situations like that when we lived together. Yeah, where one of us would be like messing around with our significant other. And like we would be doing something stupid and be like, uh, can I at least leave the room first? Like, <laughs> yep, definitely has happened. More so to me. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> uh, so Ted then tries some milk from the fridge, uh, which is you know where we're getting the, the name of this episode from. Uh, and the milk is not good, man. It is not good. He spits well, it out. He- Cause like I have a, a thing like I check the date first. Always, yeah. I is... I check the date. I open it. Smell I give it a smell test. Exactly. Yeah. He does neither feel... of those things. And I feel like he if does. it was if it was that bad to where he's like, oh, about to throw up, it would have probably smelled. Well, that's it. He doesn't even like check either of those though. He just picks it up. He goes, "Is this milk any good?" Like, dude. Yeah. Like, you're an idiot. Like if, if if I smell it and I'm like, I think it smells okay, then I'll take a little tiny sip, not like a big swig like he yeah. does. A little tiny sip. And then I'm like, okay, that seems good. <laughs> or eh, not so much. I'm or I'm hundred percent with you on that one, man. Yeah. It's just like watching him do that. I'm like, oh, because I've had, you know, bad milk before in the past, you know. It it, it has milk happened was where a bad choice. Milk was a bad choice. And uh, I try not to make that mistake ever again because nope, that I'm with you. not. And I, I can honestly say now I don't have to worry about that as much because now I'm not doing uh, dairy anymore. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do uh, lacto- uh, lactose free milk. Yeah, so ours doesn't spoil on a regular like that anymore. Yeah, it has so, a longer shelf life. Yeah, oh, no, it has much longer shelf life. Yeah, yeah. I, I try to get through my milk before it goes, but. Sometimes it just doesn't happen, you know? I'm, I'm not going to lie. Uh, ever since uh, I found out my little dude has a lactose problem, and I switched up my, like, dairy intake because of that, it's it's done me a lot of good. Yeah, good, man. Very good. I mean, I don't drink a whole lot of milk as it is, but... Dude, I used I do, to drink a lot. I do love milk. my cheese. Well, see, that that's my problem. I do like my cheese, but I kept that part of my, my dairy... But I was also like, I would buy a gallon of milk and then it's like, or even if you buy a half gallon, you use a little bit to cook or something, but you want to make sure you're getting your money out of it. So you're drinking that and stuff and too much dairy and it screws up your stomach. And it does. It does. I try to just eat cereal. And I'll be honest at this point, if it, if it's, if it's questionable, even if there's like a half gallon in my gallon jug, I'll dump that thing. Oh yeah. Like, you know, yeah, it's like, I don't want to risk getting sick. Because I'm like, oh, I got to drink this milk. <laughs> I'm like, it just doesn't quite smell that great. You know, nah, I'm not going to be of Ted Mosby over here. <laughs> but uh, he's like I said, he spits it out. And then he asked Marshall, he's like, why didn't you throw that away while putting it back? In yeah. Well, yeah, because Marshall says, uh, yeah, that got me yesterday. Yeah. And he's like, like, well, why didn't you throw it away? And he puts it back in the fridge. But that also comes back up later on, too. Yeah. Um. When Ted and Robin are dating the second time, no, they're when they're roommates. Oh yeah. Arguments yeah. is about the empty milk container in yeah. the fridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, "Well, why the hell would you put an empty milk container back in the fridge?" And it's to remind myself to get more milk. 
Yep. And I'm like, so there you go. What you should have done. Okay. You, if, if it's that it bad, <laughs> yeah, dump it out, put it back in the fridge then as your reminder. There you go. Fair enough. I think, I think that would have been the better idea. That, I mean, it's better than just leaving the bad milk in the fridge. I don't know. That is true. I like though uh, that Lily's sweet enough to at least say she'll pick up milk after work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Marshall, he's loving the pancakes, but he's bummed because this is the high point of his day. You know, and which is kind of sad. It is sad, you know. He's he's got this this job, but he doesn't really like his job. You know, he doesn't. He he wants to be doing something else with it with his life. And good pancakes is is his highlight. I mean, I've I've been there. I've <laughs> I've been there where food is my highlight of the day. I, that's definitely been a thing. I get it. So uh, I then we. Yeah, I, th- I think most people, well, maybe not all, but most fat people have been. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We love that food. Uh, we uh, we flash over to Barney's office, and Marshall comes walking in. Barney is looking out the window with a pair of binoculars and tells Marshall to come look. He's spying on a guy in the building across the street. His name is Clark Butterfield, and he is from the, uh, uh, the firm from across the way, Nicholson, Hewitt, and West. Uh, this dude is eating a sandwich that apparently Barney did something disgusting to. So we don't actually know what he did, uh, but it's it's apparently something pretty pretty nasty. Almost makes Marshall throw up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he sends a picture of uh, to Butterfield of what he did, and it, Butterfield just looks disgusted. Uh, and apparently, this has been a long running feud. Uh, so I have a, a couple notes about this. I was really hoping. That Nicholson, Hewitt, and West was another movie reference. Because you remember how in the Mary the Paralegal, the yeah, firm, yeah, yeah, talked about how the firm that she works for was the names of the of the Kryptonians from yep. Superman. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if this is is something like that. And I was like, wait, okay, well, Nicholson and West, that's Batman stuff. We got Jack yep. Nicholson who played the Joker. You got Adam West who played Batman. But I could not find a single thing for Hewitt, and so Terrible I was like Hewitt. Yeah, how is that related to Batman in any way? Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just the three names that they decided to put to it. Yeah, I guess. But I, I was really hoping for like some sort of geek thing because we had Unless Superman. Maybe Hewitt was one of the like producers or something on Batman. I mean, I didn't find anything when I when I oh. looked when I was googling it and stuff. But uh, I don't know. I was a little bummed that it wasn't something a bit more yeah. obvious the way it was with the other one. Um, but uh, I did find you know realize something else as I was doing my my research. Nicholson, Hewitt, and West comes back later on. Uh, they are the firm that Marshall goes and works for instead of the NRDC in season three. Yeah. Uh, in uh, Ted Mosby's Sex Architect. Yes. Yeah, the one where uh, John Cho, I think, is like trying to woo him. Yeah. And he's putting the moves on him. Well, and that's the thing. I remembered that that was at least it comes back because I remembered the name. I, 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 I only I, remembered the name from this episode. Uh, I had forgotten that it was that that was the same place. I was like, oh, well, I, I couldn't remember though if it was the guy from Harold and Kumar or if that was the yeah. one that uh, Garrison Coots worked at. Oh, Coots, yeah, no, Coots is the NRDC. Oh, okay, and yeah. that's the guy that's played by Martin Martin Short. Martin, Martin Short. Short. Yeah. Okay. So I yeah. I couldn't could distinguish the two in my mind, but I did remember that uh, Nicholson mm. Hewitt and West did come back. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that I thought that was cool that they that they brought this this place back. Although, never thought about that with the whole names until you said that either. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think we necessarily would because, like, we had just recently, just a couple episodes, talked about the other. Uh, well, yeah, form. but I, but I mean, like Nicholson, <laughs> Jack Nicholson. He, yeah, last, like, yeah. I figured that one's way more obvious than the other one. It's true, and maybe the the Nicholson and West part are because of Batman, and maybe the Hugh, maybe. Maybe the creators knew somebody with the last name Hewitt, and they just wanted maybe. to throw that in there, you know? So okay. maybe it is still tied to it, but I i mean, I wasn't able to find anything. That'd be something to ask if we ever get a chance to talk to, to the creators. I want to ask them uh, if Nicholson, Hewitt, and Wes has any significance, uh, because cause the other one did, and, and I really oh, yeah. was hoping that this one would. Uh, okay, so Barney says he needs Marshall to help him with this feud. Uh, Marshall does not want to do it, but Barney kind of stops talking to him because of it. Yeah. He, he shuns him, essentially. He even calls his secretary in to tell Marshall that he's no longer speaking to him, which I thought was a, a hilarious little gag that they did. Uh, then we get back to the apartment. Ted gets a call from Love Solutions. Love Solutions. That's right. They tell him that after six months, it has been six long months, they have finally found his soulmate. He is shocked, John. Shocked. And then they we cut to Ted at Love Solutions. Uh, I think it was like a commercial break, so we just get it's like an abrupt yeah. cut to yeah. Ted at, at Love Solutions. Uh, and he asks the guy, you know, what happened to Ellen, the the woman who was running it before. And all he says is that his company bought Love Solutions. He never actually says what happened to Ellen. Why is that, John? Because she probably fucking killed herself. I mean, she was having like a mental breakdown at the end of the. Dude, I think I think you know that's been a running gag that we've done in on our show since pretty much the beginning, and I think this is probably one of the first ones that may actually be true. Like, Like, they came in and she's just like swinging from the fucking ceiling, and they're like, "Oh, great, great." Like, well, <laughs> I could legit see, like, because she was, she was having like a full out breakdown by the end, you know, because she was, she failed and she had oh, never God. failed before. Hard. You know, and so, but like, it just took six months if she just stuck it out. But maybe they're just like, we're taking over. You can go. Like, who knows? Right. And maybe, hey, maybe she uh, offed herself after that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have no idea. There's 17 cats. Yes. Uh, I could go into a whole other thing about that, but I'm not going to. Uh, so the guy gives Ted uh, the file and says it'll be 500 bucks. 500 that, fucking dollars. Yeah, but that it'll be worth it. And I'll be honest, if I was Ted, I would have been like, uh, uh, no, I was told this would be uh, on the house. Ellen promised me I wouldn't have to pay yes. for this because she failed before. Not paying five hundred dollars. Ellen promised it'd be on the house. The new company doesn't have to honor that. Yeah, and I think that's bullshit. Five hundred dollars, like really, guy? Yeah. Like I, I put up. that number in my head for a specific reason, anyway, for shit that happens in this episode. Okay. Because okay, so I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit here, but he spends five hundred here. He yeah. spends another ninety fucking dollars on a cab ride. Mm-hmm. Where the fuck is Ted just getting a random six hundred dollars to just fucking drop randomly? Yeah, like he's like he's not super shy about spending money. No, he does not have money problems. 
No, but he has like the $600 he spends in this episode. And then in the very next episode, which is only like a week later, they fucking, he spends, he has to get the, the quartet. Well, I'm pretty sure he didn't pay them because they talk about the pizza. I, I think, I literally think he just like found some people and be like, yo, you do this 10 minutes, I'll get you some pizza. Like, I feel like he didn't act because, like, why would they be worried about pizza if they were getting paid? That's true. I, I feel that like he, true. I feel like he was cheap about that one, and it's probably because he spent six hundred fucking dollars here. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, man, I spent all my money, but yeah, he's like a low-level architect. Yeah, you know, like not not that far out of of schooling for it. Uh, hasn't really had like a big break in the architecture world yet. Yeah, we And we don't even know, like, he's working on projects because at this point, they don't ever mention any. Yeah, we just know he's an architect. And that, that's yeah. it. Um, and, and so it's like, where is he getting... We don't even know where he works. No. You know what I mean? And so it's like, where is... It's kind of almost like Barney. But, like, at least we see Barney at work. Yeah. You know? We can see that he's doing something in the corporate world. And so, okay, it can explain why he has money. Ted, I, I I don't I don't know I don't have no I, no explanation as to why he has all this money. Uh, so uh, you know, Ted reads the file, and this woman checks every one of his boxes. Every one of them. And this is where uh, I kind of get into the thing. Is this woman Tracy, the mother? Some people, I, I like I said, I did I did a little bit of a deep dive. Some people definitely theorize that it is. So. What do we know about Tracy? Tracy turned 21 right around the time of the pilot. Yep. Her boyfriend, Max, died on her 21st birthday in September of 2005. This episode is May of 2006, so it's eight months after that, okay, after her her beloved died. Yeah. It could be plausible to me that she was kind of pushed by her friends to start looking again because it had been yeah. eight months, you know, uh, and maybe she was convinced to sign up for this love solutions thing because obviously she wasn't in the system before. True. You know, this, this woman was just recently in the, just recently got put into the system and then, you know, was matched up with Ted. Uh, and most likely she wouldn't have wanted to do this. So I think that she was probably signed up for or pushed to sign up for by uh, one of her friends. Um, and I I was thinking maybe she was even signed up without her knowledge. Maybe. You know what I mean? And it could explain the age disparity that Ted, because like in this episode, Ted says, this girl is 28, just like me. But she's only 21 at this point in the show. Yeah. So theoretically the friend could have just lied. If, if, if a friend set it up, you know what I mean? To, to get her more possibility, you know what I mean? Just put that she's 28. Cause they, she, they want guys to think that she's older. You know what I mean? I mean, I feel like it makes sense, but I, I could also be stretching. Um, also we, what we know about her Mac after Max died, she says, she didn't date anyone for seven years until she met Lewis. Yeah. However, this could still work because her and Ted never actually meet. Nope. 
So what what I was thinking was maybe because Ted, like she 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 you know says okay I'll do this you know maybe her friends push her to do it she finally agrees to it she she goes to meet up with Ted and Ted bails which we find out later on you know I'm jumping ahead obviously but Ted bails and never shows up and maybe that's what pushes her to say you know what this dude didn't even show up fuck that I'm done I'm not doing any of this. And that's why she waits seven years. You know what I, I mean? Love that you're deep diving off of like this profile, and you're clearly forgetting the conversation she has with Ted in season nine. What? She tells Ted that was the date that they were. She tells him at one point they have a conversation, and she goes, "I was supposed to have a date at McLaren's Love Solutions and set her up a date." Oh, nobody that any of the research that I did nowhere mentions that. I'm pretty sure she mentions it. Yeah, nowhere. On not on not on the wiki, not on the, the Reddit, not on any of the other random theory pages the, that I found. I'm going to have to jump ahead to season nine and watch a couple of those episodes because I'm pretty sure there's a point where she's telling Ted that, like, like it was all the coincidences of when they could have met yeah, and, like, like the whole roommate thing. And then I'm pretty sure there's – she talks about McLaren's at one point, and she's like, Oh, you know, I went there once for a date, and the guy never showed up. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, like I said, I couldn't uh, find like I didn't find uh, anything about that. But uh, no matter what, I think it. I think again, other than the the age thing, which could be explained by just lying on the on the application thing or whatever. Uh, I think it. I definitely think it could be her. If you know what I mean. Um, I think it would make sense i think it would be it would fit in real real nicely no and you're that, absolutely right yeah and it would really kind of push that whole they were meant to be uh whole thing so but yeah that was that that was my deep dive for that all right so back in barney's office uh barney asks marshall to try his coffee because he thinks he's uh he gave him some decaf uh, and it, apparently, at this point, Barney is now speaking to Marshall again. Well, with purpose, like he yeah, I know, but he he was badly. like he shunned him. You know what I mean? He was done with this guy. Well, the thing that makes me laugh is that he's like, um, because he straight out says Marshall's like, he's like, yeah, you know, try this. I think they messed up my coffee order, and Marshall's like, I should clearly be pissed off at you, and we're gonna ignore that because I'm in. And yeah. I'm like, really? Yeah. Like, like this dude had nothing to do with that. The Butterman, he had Butterfield. nothing to do. Butterfield, yeah. Butterfield. Yeah. He then shows Marshall a picture that Butterfield sent out, like uh, you were kind of mentioning there, uh, about whatever he did to the coffee, which disgusts Marshall. And I want to know what some of these things, like, what is so bad that makes them so disgusted in all these things, like? You know what I mean? Well, this one, I'm assuming it had something to do with, like, maybe Butterfield's dick in the cup. But, like, that's it's like hot coffee, unless like, maybe he, like, he, it's like a shot of him coming in the cup. You know what I mean? Like, other than that, he I don't know what I don't, I don't know what it would be. I, I have no idea. So then at the bar, Ted is waiting on his date at McLaren's, who, uh, like I said, I am, I am going with that. It is Tracy. You are uh, indeed going with that. I am. Uh, he got there early, uh, and he's sitting there, and he's waiting, and then he gets a phone call from Lily. <laughs> she she needs him to come and help her change a flat tire 
on uh, Marshall's Fierro, but doesn't want Marshall to know about it. Yep. And uh, Ted begrudgingly agrees to this. He doesn't want to because he's got a big date. Well, uh, yeah, and she's also like a decent distance away. Yeah. Apparently, she's out in Dutchess County, and I was, uh, I was looking, uh, and I was reading something, and it said like where she was going, she wouldn't have gone through Dutchess County. Huh. Like, it's like way. It's like going through Dutchess County would have added like an hour and a half to her drive or some shit like that. Maybe she yeah. just didn't want to get caught. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe she's just like I'm just taking weird back roads. I don't know, but uh, yeah, she she wound up uh, in in Dutchess County. He takes a cab ride out there, uh, and we mentioned earlier, ninety fucking dollars. Ninety dollars. So at this Which, point, he spent almost six hundred dollars in this episode. Yeah, and I wrote down in my notes, Lily should be paying him for that fucking cab ride. No, absolutely. Yeah, because like he, uh, it's we we all know that Ted doesn't have a car. Most uh, a lot of people in New York don't have cars, and Ted is one of them, and. For her to be like, you got to come out here knowing he has no actual way out there and that he would have to get like a cab. Like she should be over here paying that 90 bucks. Like that's ridiculous. Dude, and like I said, $90, that's, that's crazy. That's a lot of money. And I understand she's a kindergarten teacher, but you know what? Maybe don't do stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Do stupid shit, have stupid consequences. There it is. That's yeah. what, you, know, you know what I mean? That's the way it is. Uh, so... Lily tells Ted what's going on and that she's been freaking out about the wedding. Uh, she's having insomnia and things like that. She found out or she found uh, an art fellowship in San Francisco while, you know, up late at night and, and kind of like Googling shit. Uh, but the dates conflict with the wedding. And the reason that she's out there is because the interview is tonight. And so Ted thinks that she doesn't want to get married, you know, uh, as I feel like most people would think. At that, at that point. I mean, it's it's not like it's not plausible. Yeah, exactly. Why would you be doing this otherwise? Of course, she denies it. Uh, but then Ted points out that they live in New York City, a massive hub for the art community, and that she could easily find something, some sort of fellowship or so, something there. But she's choosing one that's on the other side of the country, thousands of miles away, and she doesn't tell Marshall about it. So like it's, it's obvious that it's more than just about oh th- it's this this fellowship like she could find something else close she by could. if she want really wanted to explore her her artistic side, and she finally admits that she's having second thoughts, but claims that she doesn't have them anymore, and just like the you know the multiple times that we've we've seen Ted lie to himself about things that he's doing, Lily is lying to herself and, and, and to Ted uh, about what is going on here uh, as we see over the next, this and the next episode. Uh, though, as she, as I said, she's claiming that she's not freaking out or that she's not having second thoughts. She's still freaking out. Uh, and she's wondering why Marshall isn't doing anything crazy. And then we get a quick <laughs> shot of Barney and Marshall making a plan to send Butterfield a box of 100 white mice. Because Marshall is doing kind of crazy things. I mean, not, he is, but not, not the way the, she is. But Yeah, I was going to say, not to the level she is, but... Yeah, he's taking any stresses about it that he may have and just kind of doing, like, reckless type stuff 
while she's over here doing reckless stuff for the relationship. His reckless stuff is just kind of himself. I was going to say, I don't think, because like she said, though, he's also not really stressing the wedding either. Yeah. He wants to get married. She's yeah, not he does. I, 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 it makes me wonder <clears throat> if, if he's feeling her stress. You know what I mean? Maybe. You know, if it's, if it's kind of like rubbing off on I mean, him. We know Marshall has a huge freak out the day of. <laughs> That's true. That's real true. Ooh, we'll get to that though. That's good stuff. <laughs> That's good stuff. <laughs> uh, so. Ted fixes the tire, tells Lily, don't do this. You know, you, you don't want to do this. But she wants, she, she tells Ted she wants him to come with her, you know. And, and Ted's like, nah, I, I can't do this. You're making a mistake. But Lily says that sometimes you need to make a mistake in order to be able to look back and see that it's a mistake. Which is a big running theme in this episode. Yeah. Uh, and, like, I get that as a concept, but, like, if this mistake costs you your entire relationship, is it really worth even making? Like, I don't know, man. Like, they've been together for nine years. And that's, this, this is part of the, the series that I've never understood. Yeah. Okay, so they obviously knew at this point they were renewed for a second season. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why it doesn't end with him and Victoria, like, I hopes. Like, or the her being the mother or anything like that. Um, but it's like, okay, so you're driving this wedge between your major, like, this is one of Ted's foundations of like this is what love is. Marshall yeah. and Lily know love. Mm-hmm. And now you're gonna like have this wedge getting driven in there, and then it's gonna like start to spread, and then by the next episode, boom, they're gone, they're done. And then they spend most of season two fighting to get back together. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, you're showing your main character that this is what love is. Love isn't worth fighting for. Like, come yeah, on. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. Um, and <clears throat> the, the fact that she is running off, you know, seemingly running off to this faraway place. It's not the first time she's done that. No. They talked about in an earlier episode, and I'll talk about it more later, um, how she went off to Paris for this art thing in Paris. Yeah, when she was in college. And it almost destroyed their relationship. Yeah. yeah she's, she's sitting here willing to do that again. Well, it's like Ted said, though, too. New York is a fucking art. It's, it's essentially the melting pot of yeah. the art community. Like, there are so many different medias of art out there. Yeah. You know, you've got, like, bohemian art. You've got, like, modern art. You've got classic art out there. I mean, there's got to be some way she could have done this and not sacrificed her relationship with Marshall. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but she is, she just wants to, to run away. That's really what it is. And, you know. and she know. is determined to, to do this, this interview. She gets yeah. in the car. She takes off. And she leaves Ted just stranded on the fucking road. Yep. And so obviously Ted doesn't want to spend another 90 bucks. It's, you know, because otherwise he could have called the cab, but he doesn't. Uh, so he instead he calls Barney to come pick him up. And Barney says he can't do it. 
can't. Uh, which I find interesting because uh, this scene does not coincide with Barney's character later on. As we learned, he doesn't even know how to drive, let alone own a car. Yeah. You know, yet Ted is calling him to come and get him. And, and Barney's like, it, it seems like Barney could. He just is unwilling to. True. But uh, like I said, as we learn later on, that's that's not a thing. So, so here's, there's a, here's there's a bit that... of discontinuity with his character here. Well, I thought about this one, too. Why didn't he call Ranjit? Yeah, I mean. Maybe they knew Ranjit by this point. He had done, he was the taxi driver. He did yeah. the New Year's paper for them. Yeah, if he's getting a cab, why the fuck wasn't it Ranjit? Give it, like, I feel like Ranjit would have gave him a free ride. I really Probably. do. You know, or at least a discounted ride. Probably wouldn't probably. have had to pay 90 bucks for that shit. Yeah. He probably would have found a way to help them. Yeah, man. Absolutely. That would have been a fun way. That would have been a fun way to get him back in the episode or like in the series. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't because we don't see him in the next episode either. So we like he's done for the season. Yeah, oh, he was done for the season after New Year's. And I was looking, I looked ahead into season two. He's only in one episode in season two. Is he? Yeah. So it like it would have been fun to see him here somewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean, even if it was on the way there, like just the he's the one who brings Ted there. Yeah. You know, even if he doesn't stick around, it still it would have been it would have been fun to have seen him. But you know, uh, so we head back to uh, Barney's office. Marshall loading up a box full of mice. Uh, Ted uh, get because like I said, Ted had called Barney and. Barney ain't gonna do it, but Marshall says he will. He's like, I'll come and yeah. get you in the Fiero. Is that Ted? Put him yeah. on, I'll talk to him. Yeah, he's like, I'll come and get you in the Fiero. And Ted's like, Oh no, man, it was just I was just messing around, it was just a prank. He's like, So you're not in Duchess County? Yeah, that's a I weird thing. Barney's like, What are you doing in Duchess County? He's like picking apples. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> apple picking. <laughs> and then I love how Marshall's like, like he says something and he's like, What? A guy, a guy can't go and pick apples, like. And it's like dark out. Yeah. Too. It's like it's not like it's daytime. It's it's nighttime, and he's claiming he's out there apple picking, which is hilarious. I I think what would have been funnier, right? Like later on, like if if uh, cause cause Barney says that out loud, you know about the yeah. apple, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I, it would have been hilarious if like Marshall. Met, asked him about and you know apples like yo we got any apples it's something you know like later on just something like that i think that would have been funny if the apple picking thing had come back that would have been funny because marshall correct. has no idea what's actually going on uh marshall uh expresses how much fun he's had he's talking to barney this is after the whole thing with ted uh he, he expresses how much fun he's been having working there uh and is doubting going to the nrdc which uh, he has not told Lily about. So many secrets going on here, John. So, so many. many secrets happening. Uh, th- this couple, they, they need some better communication. <laughs> they do. Uh, so back on the road, a van pulls up, and it's Robin in the Metro News van. They're the, to save the day and get Ted a ride back uh, home. Uh, Robin is wearing a hat because apparently she got some highlights. Uh, and her hairdresser made her look like a tiger, apparently. Yeah, they tiger-striped her. Yeah, they tiger-striped her. I love how Ted gets in the one line, too, where he's like, because she tells him, and he's like, I bet they're great! They're great! (laughs) I was like, ha-ha! 
Yeah, that was a solid Tony the Tiger uh, reference there. I, I really, I really dug it. Kids, if you don't eat cereal, Tony the Tiger is a mascot of Frosted Flakes. I don't know how many. I mean, great. I feel like uh, I feel like if you don't know that, then you just have a sad life at this stage. And if just you're not saying. chewing big red, then fuck you. That's that's also true. <laughs> Uh, so uh, Robin asked Ted about his date, uh, and he starts telling her about the girl uh, and, and everything. Uh, and they get to the bar finally as as you know they drive off, and, and they kind of cut to this. She wishes him luck. He's nervous, so she decides that she's going to show him her hair. Uh, well, he specifically asks for it because she was going to show him her boobs. You skipped the most important part of that ride. Okay, let's hear it. The most important part of that van ride home is where Robin confesses that she might want to have kids and stuff. That she's decided no, that, like, that she doesn't want to have kids. No, I thought she said she might. No, because like he's telling her all the stuff about about uh, this girl that he's he's going to meet. You know, she you know she's like, does she want kids? He's like, yep, too, a boy and a girl. And that's when she's like, you know what? I don't think I want kids. Oh. Uh, and and because that's the whole thing, Ted wants to get married. Ted True. wants to have kids, and oh, so no, you're she, right. she does she's say that. Yeah. putting this out there. Boom, laying it right on the table. I don't think I want kids, and it almost makes you think. Well, then you know it ain't going to happen for for her and Ted until what we see. Yeah, pretty much right after this, after oh, yeah. she drives immediately him after off, she drives away, he drives away. And before Ted walks into the bar, he realizes, I mean, they don't say it, but, you know, using visuals, they tell us he still wants Robin. Oh, yeah. And he uh, does. The wedding, like the whole him standing at the altar and yep. him staring at Robin. I was like, yep. really? Could they, like, draw that one any thicker? Like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and he, he wants to be with Robin, and he bails on meeting this girl. He bails on Tracy, yeah. you know, which is probably a good thing. Because um, there, there's no way in my mind that if if they had met up now at this point that they would have made it. No, they would not have worked. Ted, neither of them were ready. No. Ted needed to go through this entire journey that he goes through in order to be ready for someone like Tracy. And Tracy just lost the love of her life. She wouldn't have been ready. She needed that time. She needed to to meet and be with Lewis and, and see, so that she could Absolutely. then be in a place where she could appreciate and be with someone like like Ted. So like I, I think it's a good thing, you know. Uh, people, you know, complain about what they do and how long they stretch this out, but I mean, it, it wouldn't have worked otherwise. It really like like in inside the universe of the show, they wouldn't have worked if they'd met right you know right here. At this stage, it just it just wouldn't have worked. No, not at all. Uh, all right, so uh, he goes upstairs, and because you know they live right above the bar, uh, and Marshall is telling Lily uh, the story of what he and Barney uh, were doing with the mice, and he is so like excited to tell the story. It's, Dude, he's it's so fun. excited. Yeah, uh, and Ted is surprised to see her there, which so am I, because. She takes off, goes to the interview, wherever this interview is, right? 
Ted, I mean, granted, I know Ted has to like wait for Robin to pick him up, but how the fuck did she get there before him? Fuck, who knows? You know what I mean? Like, who knows? I, how did like how did she go go to wherever she was going? Have this interview? Like, you would think an interview for a fellowship like this wouldn't be super short, you know, especially if she has to drive all the way out there. Uh, you would think that okay, it would it would be a little bit of a longer interview, and then drive all the way back without or and still beat Ted home. Who knows? I, I just it, it that I got that, that got me. I was like, how the fuck is she here? Because I guess it, that was what like he was shocked to see her because he knew where she was going and what was happening, and I think he didn't think she was going to come back. Yeah. I was just shocked because she shouldn't have been there already, but you know, that's just me. Um, so they have this little kind of coded conversation about milk. Uh, but really he's asking her if she got the fellowship and she said, and here she says she did. Okay. But in the next episode, she gets the call that she got it. So like, how did she know that she got it? You know what I mean? I'm, I'm I, wondering if she's just saying yeah to be like, yeah, like, I got it. Like, like I had, the, I, I had maybe like, yeah, I had the interview and I nailed it, and I, they're pretty much like maybe it was something like that. Yeah. Yeah, but they're like, not very specific on that one. They're not. Yeah, because like as I as I was watching this the next episode, I was like, wait a minute, I thought she said she got it, but th- though she technically she never says that she got it. He's just asking her if she got the milk. <laughs> um, and and he you know he goes on to ask, you know, are you going to are you going to drink any of the milk? And she's like, no, I'm good. I don't I don't need any milk. Uh, which I think is it's a fun little conversation between the two of them because it kind of yeah. shows how connected they are. Yeah, which you don't see a lot, which I no. which I really liked. I like Marshall though here because Marshall's like, yeah. guys, milk is important. You know, you get your vitamins from there. <laughs> vitamin A, vitamin D. <laughs> oh, man. Gives you strong bones. <laughs> but Ted has to tell us about this date. Because uh, yeah, Marshall has no clue what's going on. Uh, and Ted uh, Ted tells him he changed his mind. He doesn't want perfect. He wants Robin. Dude, and Marshall's reaction here is priceless. Yeah, like, I love that. I love that at this point, we don't know that the bet box is real and that it is a, a thing. Yeah. Actually, it might not exist yet at this point. Oh, maybe. But his reaction either way is priceless because he's like, oh, Jesus Christ. And he stands up and he's like, no. Yeah. And then they fade to black. I kind of, I kind of like to think... Uh, well, they don't they don't quite fade to black here, because um, Ted says, you know, he, he makes this, the little speech first. He says, uh, you know, even if it's a mistake, it's a mistake that he oh, has yeah, to make. Yeah. yeah, you know, the whole thing. And then there's like a little montage of the mistakes that they make throughout the episode. We see Lily burn, burning her finger, Ted drinking the milk, Robin's hair, and then Barney with the box of mice. Except the box, the mice. Yeah. Have chewed through the box and escaped. And, and one's that, on his shoulder. Yeah, and that and that's how they end the episode, which I think is hilarious. Uh, Clark Butterfield over here, get kind of getting a one up on him because Barney funny, was making mistakes. I don't ever see that guy in much, but I know he's in the movie. Um, she's out of my league. 
Oh yeah. 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 So but I'm like, pretty sure I'm pretty sure we never see him again in this show. No. Why is that, John? Well, I'm assuming because Barney probably poisoned him. <laughs> <laughs> so Barney it's the one it's the Barney. one person in the show who didn't kill themselves. I mean, <laughs> we don't know that. I mean, theoretically he could have, but I'm going to assume Barney commits murder. Maybe. It might not be purposely done, but I mean, like, he doesn't really know this Butterfield guy beyond, like, their rivalry. You could have done something that could have inadvertently caused him to go into, like, a anaphylactic shock or... Yeah, uh, yeah, who knows? Anything. Um, because he, yeah, he like you said, he doesn't know this dude, and uh, he could be allergic to something. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, that is Season 1, Episode 21, Milk. Uh, as we always do, John, what are your uh, final uh, thoughts overall about this episode? I mean, I like it as an episode. I hate it for the story because I know where it's going to. Yeah. And then, like yeah. I said, this is the reason why I don't watch season one because the last few episodes just can't take it. You know, I I get that. These last couple episodes, it's really building toward what we get in in the finale, and the finale that the ending it hurts. It oh, really yeah. hurts, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it and it causes a lot of hurt for like the first six six or so episodes of the next season because oh, of yeah, that, you know. But uh, I I totally get that. But yeah, I, I I like the episode overall. Um, it I feel like it gives us more depth into the characters on the show, um, as opposed to like you know a great storyline. Yeah. You know, episode, it's it's more about the characters. So, like, I, I like that aspect of it. But, yeah, I think I, I agree with you. Knowing where it goes, it, it's hard to watch some of these sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, folks. It is that time. Time for your favorite part of the show. Barney's Log. Suit up, bitches. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right. So, this edition... Of Barney's blog, we uh, we've been talking about this person a lot throughout this episode, and that is Clark Butterfield. Butterfield. So, so this 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 blog entry uh, is titled "An Open Letter to Clark Butterfield." Oh boy! It's dated Tuesday, May 9th, two thousand six, ten thirty five a.m. Says uh, to all employees of Nicholson Hewitt and West. From Barney Stinson, R.E. Clark Butterfield, to whom it may concern. We all know Clark Butterfield, great guy, you know, with the big ears and the weak chin. But how, <laughs> ma- but how many of you, his co-workers, truly understand what a great man he is? Well, I do, and I can be silent no longer. Knowing he would be too modest to ever share his accomplish- accomplishments himself, I write to you all so that if you get a chance, you can stop by his office personally and say thanks. So thank you, Clark Butterfield. Thank you for your tireless work on behalf of the recently imprisoned. Thank you for agreeing to mentor six to eight residents of an undisclosed halfway house in Jersey, taking them to work with you day in and day out for the next three weeks. Thanks for meeting them in the lobby every morning, beginning next Tuesday at 5 a.m. sharp. They're early risers, the recently imprisoned. Thanks for helping them get a fresh start. 
Thanks for making Nicholson, Hewitt, and West a friendlier place to work. Thanks for that basket of free latte vouchers you keep on your desk, just in case someone's having a bad day. I bet a lot of people don't even know about that. Thank you for offering to take everyone out to steaks today after work to celebrate the opening of your one-man, 10-minute, semi-autobiographical play, I Am Clark Butterfield. (laughs) I just hope they aren't too starstruck to take you up on your kind offer. Since we all know it's good eating when Clark's treating. Maybe you'd be kind enough to do a monologue or two from your show. I bet everyone would love to see that. I know I would. Thanks for volunteering to build houses in Tijuana during the months of July and August. I know it took you forever to save up all that vacation time and to spend it helping deserving families help themselves. Well, it makes me almost speechless to think about it. I don't know why you picked July and August, though. It's going to be really, really hot down there. Be sure to bring plenty of water. Finally, in light of all these good works, I ask that all the employees of Nicholson, Hewitt, and West please be kind to Clark Butterfield. I know what some of you have been saying about him, that he's personally off-putting and has sweaty palms. I know it's easy to pick on the guy with the strong personal scent and the novelty ties. But that really only hurts people who have to work on his floor or go to meetings with him. So next time you're about to rip on Clark Butterfield, take a moment. Think about how, by helping society, he's really helping everyone. Head on up to his office, grab a coupon for a free latte, ask to see his wallet photos of needy Cambodian children, and say thanks for all of us. Yours truly, Barney Stinson. So like wow. that's a pretty epic prank to 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 shovel on to, to Clark Butterfield. Yeah, because I mean if he doesn't do any of that shit, he looks like a total douche. Seriously, like I love I love the whole uh going down to Tijuana to help like build houses in July and August. <coughs> and the 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 bringing recently incarcerated people to work with him every I mean, day I, for three weeks is hilarious. Damn. Mm-hmm. I went down to Tijuana. Must have been about a July. <laughs> August. <laughs> August. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that I thought that was a it was a great little Fuck, uh, little Barney blog entry. Right good stuff, good stuff. And uh, that, folks, was Barney's blog for this uh, week. And that is our episode, uh, oh, season yeah. one, episode twenty-one of Last Call at McLaren's. That's right. The bitchin' How I Met Your Mother podcast. The best one on the internet. You don't need any more. Just listen to us. Uh, John, where can everybody find you? I mean, if you really want to find me, you can go right over here to Twitter. Right down. Oh, looks like the right, right there. It's Simply Sane J1. It uh, corresponds with my podcast, Simply Sane with J. And or my blog. Well, I mean, that corresponds with the, the podcast. But I also have a blog called simply saying with jay um just posted a new episode last or a new uh blog last night about halloween uh so you know check that out it was a good read Uh, huh i said it was a good read oh thanks bro i forget that he checks it out (laughs) Um, i mean so i mean you can find me on twitter you can find me on facebook if you want to find me on facebook it's jay john made 
Uh, those are the two big places to find me. I'm not as popular as Mr. Uh, 17 Blogs over here. Because, I mean, if you want to find him, you can go on Twitter at JP Rayner. It's J-P-R-A-Y-N-O-R. Boom. He's getting better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can also check me out right down here at Movie Blog Merc. That is the uh, Twitter page for my site, Merc with the Movie Blog, uh, on which if you're watching this, you are watching it on the Merc with the Movie Blog YouTube channel. Uh, be sure to hit that like button, smash that motherfucking subscribe button, and hit Don't that little bell. bell. Ding-a-ling, ding-dong. Ring-a-ling-ding. Uh, hit that <laughs> bell if you want to see some more shit. I was going to say ding-dong, the bitch is dead. Something. Uh, yeah, and be sure... To check us out, uh, if you like just listening, you can head on over to Anchor or any of your uh, uh, favorite podcasting platforms and just uh, look up Last Call McLaren's. We're there. Leave us uh, leave us a five-star review if you like what you're listening to, and uh, oh, we will yeah. read that out on air. Uh, if you head over to Anchor, you can actually leave a voice message, which we have played uh, before. We had one before and played that on air. We'll do you that. Uh, if you have questions or comments, we always want to hear from you. Check us out on Twitter at Last Call H I M Y M. That's Last Call H I M Y M on Twitter. Uh, send all your funny memes, your pictures, like we said before. If you have uh, pictures with celebrities from the show, uh, we want to see it. If you oh, yeah. if you dressed up as a, a, like a, a How I Met Your Mother character or something, some sort of reference for like a Halloween or just like a cosplay or something, I want to see those pictures. Hell you know? yeah, we're recording Especially this. Jad. Yeah, man, we're, we're recording this the morning that I'm going to post this. Uh, so it's the day after Halloween. And so I want to see all that stuff. I hope you guys had a safe and happy Halloween weekend. And uh, that's about all I have for him, John. So uh, uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm ready to head out. What do you got for him? I mean, you don't have to go home, but you can't listen here. That's right, folks. Peace out, mother lovers. <laughs>